Welcome to the LaughSpin.com podcast. Hey guys, what's up? It's Dylan Godino from LaughSpin.com and welcome to yet another episode of the LaughSpin podcast. This week on the LaughSpin podcast is comedian Dan Cummins. So why? Why this week? Why am I talking to Dan Cummins this week? Well, A, he's one of my favorite comedians of all time. He's an absurdist and yet still so relatable. To me anyway, maybe I'm fucked up. I don't know. The second reason I'm talking to Dan Cummins, he's got a new EP out. It's called Chinese Affection, and it is excellent, and you guys should go out and buy it. It's it's where you buy comedy. It's uh, on iTunes and Amazon, and uh, I don't know. Are there CD stores anymore? I have no idea, but if you find it, t- buy it. It's, it's excellent. And the final reason I'm talking to Dan Cummins, I just like talking to Dan Cummins, and he was in New York, which which is where I, I am. So why am I not going to talk to Dan Cummins, right? So what do we talk about? We talk about a lot of stuff, you guys. We get down in it. We get introspective. So if you're not if you're not into if you're not in the mood to to get deep, if you're just looking for uh, an interview with lots of lots of jokes, lots of bits, this isn't it, buddy. This isn't it. So you're gonna have to bugger off, as the Brits would say. We talk comedy. We talk his comedy career. Let's just get into it. Let's let's just get into it. Chinese affection, get it. I'll be back after the interview to see how you guys are holding up. All right, here it is. Dan Cummins. We're uh <laughs> Why don't you describe where we are? We are in some strange pod seats uh facing each other. It's quasi romantic in the Lexington Hotel on Lexington and uh, uh 48th. Yeah. In New York. And above above a lobby where last night there was a jazz trio. Oh, is that right? Uh-huh. And and people that you would think would watch a jazz trio were here. <laughs> is that crowd? <laughs> and what kind of crowd is that? Middle-aged. Middle-aged. Uh, swanky. Uh-huh. A bit. Uh, women sexually dressed who are maybe just a little past sexy. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tight dresses on bodies that might fare better. Okay. Looser dress. All right. Uh, men with, a lot of men in suits. A lot of men in stuffy suits, kind of like these guys right below us, like these three guys, just just those guys, but replace their Starbucks with uh, old fashioned and gin and tonics, <laughs> and that's it. How much uh, How much money do you think those guys make oh, a year? God, um, we're just talking about depression. This is just going to make it worse. <laughs> um, just because I'm going to say, just to make myself feel bad. Yeah, I'm going to say. Uh, Two fifty, three hundred a year each. All right. I'll pick. Let's say one of them's five. Okay. Well, I don't know though. I don't like his watch. <laughs> now nah, that guy's that guy's one fifty. That guy just got dumped down to one fifty. Just strictly based on his, on his on his thin watch. I can't wait till people wonder why there's two grown men sitting in pods on talking to each other on microphones on microphones. <laughs> And we're easily the sketchiest two-looking guys <laughs> in this lobby, like by far. Like if it's that one of these things does not fit with the rest. Yeah, you you pretty much look like a lumberjack, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I look like uh, like a Rastafarian. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not good. We're <laughs> we're up to something. We stand, we stand out thank, very very much. Thank goodness we're white. Yeah, <laughs> is all I can say. That's our saving grace right now. And we are both white. Thank thank God. This recording would definitely be interrupted if we weren't. <laughs> 
<laughs> it may still be. It may. This may end just with security questioning us. We'll see. You got to have a room key. We'll see. We'll see. So, Dan, uh, yes. part of the reason I'm talking to you, you have uh, you have a new EP coming out. Uh, it's called Chinese Affection. Uh-huh. And it is, uh, of course, in line with uh, a, a lot of your absurd uh, premises. You, you yeah. are like, <laughs> I would love to, to spend... Uh, an hour or so in your head. I don't you know. You wouldn't. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> I I picture you, a lot a lot of the EP and a lot of your a, a lot of your other releases. It's yeah. like <clears throat> you fixating on a very small thing in life. Yes. And then just obsessing over it and just creating the most bizarre circumstances. Yeah. Around that. Yeah, I guess, I guess... What are you running from, Dan? <laughs> yeah, no, you know what's funny is the next release, I was worried about being too mainstream because I, I was working on the material simultaneously yeah. for the Chinese Affection and then this new one. And the new one's gotten a little uh, weirder lately, but it's for the first time really me kind of using that same analytical style but pointed at myself and of and more common things. Yeah. And it's, but the process is always the same. It's like, I always just find something that I think is weird or interesting or whatever just I fixate on. It doesn't matter if it's like everyday life or some, some bigger thing like that one track about the government, like a larger thing or something very yeah. small. Like, like I just don't like how guys unicycle. It could be right. something as simple as that. And then I just, uh, for whatever reason, certain things, I can't stop thinking about them. And then I just work them over and over my head. And then once I start working on the bit... I don't know. It's it's like some. It's like the same kind of structure inside of my head imprints itself on whatever the premise may be. So if, even if it's the tiniest thing, I still try and find all these layers within it. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time. Not joking. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid in a very rural setting, and I think just daydreams became such a part of just my normal life. Are you an only child? Uh, no, but I, I was separated from my sister a little bit just with divorce circumstance. So right. I, I was almost like a pseudo only child for, for periods Yeah, and, and very isolated as far as away from other kids kind of out in the country outside of a small town. And so, uh, yeah, just daydreaming is just so a part of my thought process. Like I have a very hard time. That, that's the main complaint in relationships is when I'm with somebody like I'm engaged right now is just focusing on a normal conversation like a mundane conversation is painful for me <laughs> it's so hard for my mind not to think about just weird stuff just to entertain myself just all the time it's like a, it's like a disease almost yeah that, i mean that that's yeah like in the last track of the ep you take the simplest concept you know going to starbucks yes and that turns into this bizarre scenario in which the government like what it's a what if like it's a what yeah. if joke like yeah. what yeah. if this was like this right but it, it was it's like a nine minute epic <laughs> what if joke yeah and it's basically the premises well you, well, you say well, what yeah, is the premise? Premise. i mean i think that's a lot of my stuff is just what if this happened yeah and then following it to its logical conclusion or somewhat logical right but like in this one it really was just an experience of uh, I went to, I had to, I've had to go to the DMV for a lot of times in one stretch for various reasons. And there was a Starbucks literally right across the street from yeah. this DMV. And I went there and it was just so pleasant. And it was like, people were very friendly. Like they usually are, especially in the LA ones, uh, a lot of smiles. 
got my stuff very quickly. And I was like, man, this is just so efficient. I was just having that thought of like, they just run a tight ship here. Yeah. And then I go immediately from that <laughs> to the DMV where it's like, they don't even know why I'm there, you know? <laughs> And I'm being punished. Right. All of us. Right. All, there's just this attitude of you're in our world now and we'll treat you however we want. And, and if you don't like it, well, then just tough shit. We don't care. Right. Because you need them. Yeah. Because you, you need them. And yeah. I, and I, but then I was thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. Th- this is a business. Yeah. I mean, our government like is a business in a sense. I mean, they provide a product. They provide services. And we are essentially as taxpayers, customers. I'm like, how fucking dare they treat us like this? Yeah. And then for people who are fans of big government, that whole bit was just me basically being like, no, no, that's a horrible scenario based on customer service. And I just, so just a what if, like, what if, you know, just to illustrate how poor government customer service in general is, what if there were no more Starbucks or any private coffee shops, you know, and uh, the government was in charge of dispensing coffee and, and it really did. Like, I remember the most fun I've ever had with that bit. <laughs> I, uh, I told it in some, in Chicago, in some weird bar, it was like a live podcast and I'm leaving the bar and this young kid, probably like just 21, he, he grabs me and he goes, what did you just do to me? He goes, I think I'm a libertarian now. <laughs> Like, and you know, half joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I really did. I'm like, that's what I want is to get in people's heads every once in a while. And be like, no, this isn't this isn't right. This is how we're being. Yeah. So. Yeah. But but uh, yeah. But you're right. Nine minutes, and I had to like scale that back. That bit was originally like twelve, fifteen minutes at one point. Just like I could just keep going on and on. Yeah, but I, but I like that. Like my my favorite. My favorite track I've maybe ever written is going to be on the, the next one. I mean, I'm doing a horrible promotion here. I mean, Chinese Affection, I, lo- I love like the Six Flags bit is one of my favorite bits I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but then I was doing another one, just, just this kind of structure you're talking about, about gun control. And I just basically use this gun control premise. I tweak it and talk about how mental health regulation is very poor as far as guns go. And I use that as an excuse to illustrate how I would show people that this these laws are horrific by establishing that I'm insane in public right. and then buying a lot of guns. And that becomes an excuse to do this whole long story about me at Shields Sporting Goods in Omaha where there's a Ferris wheel and it's just various scenarios of me on this Ferris wheel <laughs> in various states of insanity. And it ends with me having a dead squirrel attached to my hand and the dead squirrel has a dead chipmunk attached to its hand. And it's like, I love being able to get to such a crazy place but when you start somewhat sane, yeah. you can just pull people farther and farther. Right. That little kind of dark <laughs> recess. It's my favorite thing to do in comedy is how far can I take you away from your comfort zone? At one point, at one point in uh, Chinese affection, there's a little throwaway line where you say uh, something like, and this is why I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> yes. And we were off mic. We were sort of talking about, you know, oh God, you know, just, your station in life yeah. and your yeah. your place in the, in the world of comedy and uh you know t- t- talking about how how social media right affects that and uh you know it's interesting you know you're 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 conscious of the fact that i mean listen you're you're successful by by anybody's standards you're doing well man you're you're a headlining comic you have a bunch of releases you're right. i mean but i get i get the feeling i've talked to enough comedians and yeah. i'm i feel like i am not a comedian i am not an artist but i'm a creative type that wakes yeah. up every morning and yeah. feels like no matter what i've done i'm a failure so i i totally oh, dude, get that yeah that's me too yeah i, I totally get it 
So like how, where, like, where are you in the world of comedy? Like where, like know. what, what know, is, it's, it's weird. It's like I have, it's so much of life is deciding what kind of expectations you're going to have for it, I guess. And then judging how well you've lived up to those. Yeah. And I think I just set mine too high maybe, or, or I don't, I don't know. It's weird. When I first started, I was very much of this indie mindset and then, like, my favorite artists were people like Elliot Smith and stuff that right. were known but not, like, selling out stadiums at all. Yeah. And then I feel like uh, I almost have become the comedy equivalent of that. And I'm like, oh, no, that's that's not what I wanted. But I'm in this weird place where I'm, I, I, I sometimes I think I'm, I'm very unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't network. I just don't enjoy it. It's so awkward and painful for me and just anxiety producing. How, how do you define networking? Like just hanging out at comedy clubs, yeah. Like and okay. just like because you know, L.A. Even when you're a, an established comic, they still expect you to even when you're not doing shows, just kind of be around, right? And and you know, it's my own fault. I've been invited by tons of good comics and stuff to come to do this, come do that, and I just don't because I just I hate it so much. Like I'm a I'm a hermity type person by nature, and and I'm just like a creative person. Like I want to be at home working on stuff. Yeah. And, and the few times I'm not working on stuff, if I'm going to have relationships, like a fiance, I have to give those people my attention too, and I have two kids. So outside of my kids and my fiance, what time I have left, I just want to use it creating. Right. And so uh, it's hard for me to, to, to wrap my head around, oh, so I'm just supposed to go hang out and have drinks and talk, have the same Groundhog's Day conversations. Right. But that does help people. I've seen people... They do that, and then they get on their friends' shows. Yeah, you know, it's it's so, so it's, I'm, it's I don't such know. an it's I don't such know. an icky feeling too because they, you then they, then you don't know, and this and this is like any business. Yeah, what's yes, what's shitty about true. it is comedy is an art, and it's supposed to be right. It's supposed to be hey, we're comedians, we're artists, we just yeah. do whatever we want. But really, you don't. It's, right? it's like any business. Like if you're. I don't. I don't know about any other business like yeah. those guys in suits. Oh. I'm, I'm sure they're sitting. They don't want to be there. Hate each other. They don't. They don't want to be there. <laughs> Great. We should take a picture of them so, so we could refer to yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Silver Fox there might hate Japan. You know. That's that is kind of funny to think about. Like we just see these guys like having this thing. Those guys could hate each other's guts. Yeah. Uh, they, but, could, they could hate their jobs. Right. But, but they're the, But the deal they're working on mm-hmm. is probably going to go a lot more smoother. If they sit down there for forty five minutes drinking Starbucks, yeah, and just chat, yeah, so, and then and then and then you don't know. So, like, let's say you do, you know, quote unquote network, and you're hanging right. out, and you're you know, buddying up with people, and you're getting closer. Then that you know, then you don't know where it where like it, the friendship begins right. and ends. You don't know yeah. what what it's is. Yeah. It are you friends? Are you just I know kissing I know. each other's asses? Yeah. Like yeah. It it's, is a mind fuck that it's way. Icky. It's, it's, it's exactly. There's, but then once you have that, once you have more contact with people, those that like those transitions into, oh hey, why don't why don't you do like my show or right. why don't you do it? Beca- right. It becomes so much easier. Whereas if you're not there, it's like yes. it, it's like yes. an email or right. It's, it's oh it's hey, you know, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I no. get it. I get it. No, but you're right. I guess that's most of life is, you know, like uh, high school never ends in a sense. Yeah. It's just a never ending series of cool kid clubs. Yeah. And and what's hard for me is like I've always fought against that. Like that's kind of my nature. Like in high school I was, it's weird. I was in part of my high school somewhat popular even though I made no efforts to, to be so. 
like and, and it would feel weird about it and so i have to kind of fight against my nature to to be be a part of that it's, it's, it's such a weird feeling it's like i want to be in the cool kids club it's like that way i guess it's that like woody allen that famous quote you know i wouldn't want to be a a member or of a what was it i wouldn't want to be in a club that would have me as a member yeah it's just those weird thoughts where it's like i want to be in that group but then if i was in that group i'd feel bad about being in that group right such a weird <laughs> headspace <laughs> but but i do feel lucky in moments so too where where I'm like, well, I have got to do what I wanted. Like, that's artistically, all my CDs are like, they're what I wanted them to be. Yeah. I made no effort, right or wrong, to commercialize them. Right. So, so that feels good. You know, right. it's like, yeah, you have moments where you're like, oh, it'd be nice to have more fans or a bigger reach, but at what cost? Right. Because like, I feel like I know how to do more mainstream comedy. I get it mechanically. Yeah. Uh, I, I know what works. Right. Than that, but I don't always want to do it. Yeah, because you're doing this. You're doing this every night. Like you can't. Yeah, you can't fake it. That you can't fake it. Yeah, I, f- I feel like what was I telling somebody? Uh, enthusiastic mediocrity is is the best place to be for mainstream appeal. If you are so so artistically, like like you're not breaking any new ground at all. Not, not that even I am. I, I guess I should use that phrase. Enthusiastic like, mediocrity. I like that. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, it's like, if, it's like if you aren't smart enough, in a sense, to know that you're hacky, to know that your stuff isn't that great, but you believe that you're amazing, that is such a good place to be market, marketability-wise, because then you just sell the hell out of that yeah. kind of, you know, middle of the a bell curve premise type comedy yeah. that's what mainstream America is going to love the most yep. and so they think you're a genius yep and it's like no he's actually not that I mean I've met people that are very successful and that's a thing I've noticed time and time again it's like oh they think they're really really gifted comedically yes and that's how they're able to sell this stuff so right. wholeheartedly like I mean there's I mean just one name I'll throw out there uh, I have Jeff Dunham you know, it's oh, like, Jeff Dunham. Okay, I, I, I had a different name in my head. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like Jeff Dunham. I mean, whatever. Not to like come on here and just talk smack about somebody else, but I watched his. I can't remember the name of it. His highest rated special. Yeah, with my fiance's stepdad. He was laughing his ass off, yeah. and I was trying to fake it because I felt like such a jaded prick right. not being able to enjoy right. it. But he was literally doing jokes that I would feel so ashamed of. Right. <laughs> For being so lowest common denominator, easy, stupid jokes. Yeah. And getting just bombastic applause breaks. Yeah. And I'm like, that's why he's in the Forbes top 10 touring. It's because he doesn't think that. I, 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 I don't, I would guess. It'd be interesting to know whether they're self-aware. Right. Or like a guy like, I mean, on a lesser extent, like yeah. when you said enthusiastic mediocrity, I, I mean, and I'm not bashing, okay. but uh, I, I immediately thought Kevin Hart. I, I had him in my head also. Because, I mean, he, he's like the, he's like the definition of an entertainer. Yes. Like, he's, a, he's an amazing performer. He, yes. He is such, he's a performer. You could put him on any television show, yep. any movie set. Yeah. Anything. I don't care what. You want him to walk through this lobby right now and entertain right. people, he'll right. fucking do it. Um, but he's not like... He's a clown, essentially. He's not a gifted yeah. comedian. No, he's he's phys- he's like a clown. <laughs> he's like without the makeup. <laughs> right. I mean, he's a silly. He's silly looking. He's very little. I, I was talking to somebody about him where if you just made him normal sized, 
that might t- that he, he might not have made it if he was just if he was six four. It might have, it might have hurt him a little bit. Yeah, I think it would have hurt him a lot. You know, because he's like he's the goofy, harmless little guy who is very manic and and again like an amazing performer. Yeah, so, I mean he sells the hell out of he's he's Dane Cook in that way. You know, like a a, yeah. kind of a newer Dane Cook two point You know, uh, yeah, smaller, blacker. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Do you like More Dane Cook? <laughs> well, then you'll love a smaller, blacker version of Dane Cook. <laughs> but, you know, but I mean, that's, yeah, that's what people, I mean, the general public, uh, they don't usually want very highbrow, weird, absurd stuff. No. They want stuff kind of spoon-fed to them. Right. You know, which, which, which makes me appreciate so much more when somebody like a, like a CK or a Patton Oswalt when they break through stand-up wise. Yeah. It gives me a lot of hope. And I think there's more and more of that. I think a lot of those, you know, I think a lot of those guys are getting yeah. the attention, you know, they deserve. Yeah. And, uh, it's I mean, cool. yeah, it is cool. Yeah. And, and it, and it does go back to like perspective. And I think social media has, has a lot to do with this because you're constantly looking at Facebook or Twitter and seeing what other people are doing. Yeah. So as an outsider, I can yeah. look at you and say, wow, great. He's got another EP coming out. He's filming another hour. He's doing great. And, right. and on top of that, his comedy is so bizarre and fucked up that <laughs> it's amazing. He's gotten this far. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I love it, but I'm like a loony bird. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yeah. (laughs) So so like, but I, and I know that's hard to like, you're doing what you want. You haven't sold out. You haven't, you haven't like said, all right, let's get rid of these two jokes and put in some like observational stuff about like, Hey, you know, like when you drive and it's like annoying, you know, like, right, right, right. So and yeah. I know it's it's near impossible to keep that perspective. Yeah, the grind gets a little hard where you just get tired of facing random free ticket people who come into the comedy club and you've done it so long where you're like, I know I know the struggle I'm in for tonight. Right. Like I'm gonna have to take these people who would rather have puppets and and pull them into a very strange place they had they had no desire going to. <laughs> Sometimes, some nights you just want to be like, I don't feel like it tonight. I don't feel like fighting them tonight. Uh, I looked out a little bit, uh, though, that like I started opening up a little bit more about myself and just naturally fell into some stuff that resonated with a little bit broader yeah. appeal where I'm glad it was a very natural thing. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and I found my ways to still be weird within it. Like I'll like on a new that I have, it starts out about a relationship thing about, uh, my fiance giving me a lot of mixed signals at home and then it takes a weird left turn into what if bears were trying to actually fuck you <laughs> and then I go into <laughs> scenarios <laughs> about bears fucking people in the woods so it's like it, it starts in a real place right yeah, but I'm able to find my uh, my fun little tweaks on them right otherwise I just get so bored right yeah I don't know how those guys do it unless again it's just, really is the natural I, I think it is I think yeah. it is I, I yeah. don't think you can try that hard I think these I mean well whatever I'm making huge generalizations but I think by and large the guys that excel at doing sort of mainstream yeah. comedy you know are just you know for lack of a better term just normal they're just normal right. not right. that you you are you know I mean, there's functional abnormal people and yes, you know, yes. I mean, I, and you know, 
those people can have you know you're you're a little bizarre like right. the way you think is a little bizarre but you're not like you're not like drooling in the streets right right but like somebody yeah, somebody yeah. else you know just somebody else could just be super normal and right. just have the ability to tell great jokes yeah that's true that's and, true and that's in them i don't think yeah. i don't think brian regan is trying right to be relatable right it's just that he is and yeah. he, and he's yeah. amazing at it yeah yeah i got to work with him last year and you're right yeah, he's, he's the best he's exactly the same off stage you know yeah it's like that's who he is yeah no, you're right. I think that's where a lot of my friends have tended to be the the weird kinds. And I feel like you have that vibe, too, of, like, that's the stuff you like. And yeah. there is this within a lot of us. It is like almost we've set ourselves up with this impossible premise where we are aware that we're very left of center, yet we want center success. Yeah. And it's like if you're in that equation, are you ever going to be happy? Are you right. ever going to be – at some point, do you have to say this is – this left – of center's amount of success is enough. Yeah. And I should feel good about that. Yeah. You know, that's what we were talking about, like, before the podcast. It's like, it, it is tough. It's like, I, I get so defeatist in my head. It's so crazy where I, uh, here's a recent example of how I will turn good things into negative. I got a, a job at Playboy this year. It's, it's such a random thing, but it's like the most steady money I've ever had ever doing comedy. It's frivolous but i still get to actually be opinionated they actually want that from me randomly so i get to be myself you're talking playboy or radio right uh no they have a tv show i, I oh, they have a tv I, show i host their morning show oh. so i'm the host of their like their brand of good morning america essentially but it's like no. uncensored wow there's like there is nudity like the, the models come and play games i'm like the ringleader of all that i get to i get to be myself and then I'm, i i get that job and then i immediately two weeks later somehow tweak it into my head where the only reason even though there were six months of auditions I turn it in my head into the only reason I got that job is because nobody else who was really good would want it <laughs> like and I do and, 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 I, and I do that with everything you know because no matter what because no matter what you get you can see somebody who has something that's uh, they're getting paid more or they're getting a broader voice like to be heard or they're getting a better vehicle for their style like, right. almost no matter what you get and I have this horrible habit because the social media makes it so easy where I'll get something, but then I'll see something else pop up that's, you know, better in some way. Right. And immediately feel bad about what I have. Right. And they've done studies about how, like, uh, Facebook and those things actually do cause depression. If you, if you spend too much time, because everybody else is, is basically doing the highlight reel of their life. Right. right. And that's all you see. And who knows how truthful they're being. Exactly. And they say it's actually generally not that truthful. Yeah. But when, you, when that's all you see, it's very easy to feel. If you're seeing the, the highs and lows of your life, yep. but only the highs of everyone else's yep. life, you start to feel like, oh my God, I'm, my, my life is shit. Yep. This is, my life is horrible. Yep. Even, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, I haven't seen those studies, but I have, I just recently watched uh, Nick Offerman's, he's, yeah. got, he's got a Netflix special, I forgot what it's called, it's basically like, it's well. It's called American Ham, and it's like basically Nick Offerman's ten steps to like a better life sort of thing. Yeah, you said it was like faux motivational speaking. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I I was resistant to watching it at first because I didn't know what it was like. You know, I don't know if he was trying to do stand up, but he's very careful yeah. not to like present himself as a stand up comedian. It's just mm -hmm. him being Nick Offerman, and one of the things he brings up, one of the steps is basically. 
uh, get off social media. And he says the reason is exactly what you just said. Right. Um, you, you know, you're going along. Things are fine. Oh, here's a tweet from some guy in Arizona. I want to be right. in Arizona. Right. Like, why? Why do you yeah. want to be like... Yeah, yeah. And it's 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 really fucking toxic. It's, it really is. It's toxic, but like... And it's, it's such a it, new thing we're dealing with as a species. It wasn't... This wasn't there before. Yeah. Yeah. Because you feel like you need it. Like, there, there's definitely uh, it, an addiction yeah. to it. Like, I need to be on Twitter. I need to see what's, what's going on. Right. I need to see what comedians are saying. And, yeah. you know, but in my timeline is like, you know, here's some, here's some comedy news. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get on that. And like, right. it's right. just a never, you can never, it's, it's, it's just never ending. ending. Yeah. It, it almost is like, like the Facebook feed is almost like, uh, people used to maybe have that same, oh, access other people's lives in the same way in like a tabloid. Right. Like Us Weekly or something. Right. And and basically the Facebook feed has become a never, like there's no end where that might have been 40 pages. Right. This It's literally, it's infinity. Right. It's never, so you can, uh, it's, it's yeah, you do have to. Yeah, that's a good point. I need self-control. I didn't even think of that. Like that concept of, of like living vicariously through right. other people's life was, has always been there. Movies, television, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. magazine. But you'd experience it for a few hours or right. a few pages. But now it's like in our phone. Yeah, like, exactly. And it's a nev- literally, it never ends. Yeah. Never ending stream. So it's, now it's up to us to pull ourselves back. <sighs> I, I feel better about stuff. Do you feel better? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if we just ended this podcast by throwing ourselves <laughs> on the businessmen below? <laughs> There's only one left. The Asian dude is, is oh, no, the Asian no, dude left. They're going. They're going. He knew it was about to transpire. But I am happy about something. I am happy about the the Chinese affection. I think I think it's a fun listen. It's a half an hour. It's a shorter one. Yeah. You know, it's silly. Take you. Away was there a Facebook. reason why you don't see many comedy EPs? You know, this one was an in betweener yeah. where um, I was working on this one simultaneously while working on an hour of stuff for a special. Right. And so I was trying to keep ninety minutes fresh. And and, uh, and and actually, this was a unique thing where Pandora, they spotlighted me right. last year, like like the first comic to be spotlighted on them. Yeah. And they recorded this material. It's the same stuff. So we had like a half an hour of stuff that was exclusive to them for a few months. That period ran out and we're like, well, why not release it? I mean, it's, it's there. It's recorded. Uh, I'm not going to put it on the next album. So it was just a good excuse to have. And it's been two years or whatever since the last one or a little longer. So, yeah, it'll be kind of fun this year to release two things. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I was a little behind. Got it. Got it. And I, and I thought it was kind of fun. It felt kind of fun to me. It's like, why does it have to be 45 minutes? Why does it have to be 50? It was fun just to release like a little half yeah. CD. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it let me be a little weirder. I feel, I feel like in a longer album, I will balance it out with some personal stuff. And this one, I didn't feel compelled to do that. I felt like, nope, this is just 30 minutes of random stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, I liked it. <laughs> And I like like indie kind of music stuff. I like how ba- I mean bands do that stuff all the time. Yeah, I was going to say five tracks. So yeah. it's like it felt a little more rock and roll that way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was fun. And so the next hour, you're recording your next hour when uh, April 25th at the Depot. It's a it's a rock club in Salt Lake City. Okay. And then uh, 12:50 for tickets there, and it's like 1-800-888 TIXX. You can get tickets now. Um, Two shows. Yeah. You're f- where are you? you're from Utah? No, no, no you're from Idaho, from Idaho, Iowa, Idaho, yeah. Idaho. Yeah. I knew it was one of the eyes. Yeah, so I picked Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City was one of the first markets I started working, 
and it's become my favorite market. Really? Because, uh, okay, like San Francisco is where I recorded Chinese Affection. Yeah. And I love uh, at the punchline there, and I do love that club too. But when I first, maybe because I grew up in Idaho, I had this chip on my shoulder where I felt like I had to prove that I was uh, artsy to the people from a real city like San Francisco. Right. And uh, like I would look for their validation. And then as I've gotten older, I realized like a zip code doesn't define your intelligence or creativity, but I feel like a lot of people think it does. And so the San Francisco, I do like those crowds, but they get a little full of themselves. They get a little like, amuse me kind of. Vibe. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've seen a lot of stuff. I, I, I doubt you'll be able to really get to me. That, you know, like they walk in. I saw Patton Oswalt in 1989. Exactly. Exactly. Can you, are you going to be better than that? I doubt it. But Salt Lake City there, um, there's this underbelly of people who grew up in this Mormon, very conservative culture. Yeah. And they, ha- they have this chip on their shoulder. We're like, no, 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 no. We're very free thinking. The people who have broken away from that, but still live there. Right. And, and, and they want to like prove to you that they're cool. Yeah. That they like that, that, that they know good stuff or whatever. So they're very enthusiastic audiences who will go with you anywhere you want to go. Like you can go as dark or as weird as you want. And they love it. Yeah. They're like, they're like, like no, bring no, it. Yeah, do exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. And so they're really good crowds. And so that was my first choice. And luckily we got it to, to record an album. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's, uh, what's, are you still, what's the, you release all your albums w- with Warner. Yeah. This will be a Warner release also. Okay. Yeah. This will be, I, I don't know going forward after that. I mean, maybe this will be the end of my contract with them. Like we did a five album thing and this will be the fifth. And then this this one will be a special, but we're shooting it or they're shooting it on spec and Got it. don't haven't sold it yet. Got it. So who knows where it'll end up. Yeah. Ho- hopefully hopefully somewhere. Hopefully That's hopefully the way somewhere. to do it these days, I think. Yeah, that's you what know? more people are doing. I mean there's know? so it's many opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard Amazon might be getting into the special game. I believe it. So I mean there's I mean yeah, all those. I mean, there's Comedy Central, of course, but then there's places like Axis and yep. yeah, Netflix, possibly Amazon. There's still Showtime. I mean, HBO. If you if you're real lucky, you know, right. or have or have a lot of clout. But I mean, yeah. there's several outlets now. Yeah, it's good. It's uh, yeah, and I'm sure by the time this thing is done, there'll be more. And everything's going to streaming, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, as uh, you know. I love it because I'm able to kind of sit back and watch like a bunch all at once. Yeah. Like I don't have to wait for the premiere. I don't have to DVR stuff. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's good. I, I think streaming stuff has pumped so much new life into standup in general, where when for albums, especially like, well, like Warner brothers with me, I, I had to have been at the very bottom of their roster in terms of sales. Yeah. Uh, my first two albums when things were uh, there really wasn't Pandora there wasn't XM didn't play as uh, comedy as much um, there wasn't Spotify there wasn't iHeartRadio and all those kind of things right and then once those things came around there the head of Warner told me he came out to that recording in San Francisco and he said I'm, I'm number one on their roster get out uh, on comics right not as music but yeah no, but I'm, still I mean the other comics you're up with oh, you should big, mention big acts. oh yeah they're like Jeff Box really and these kind of guys and yeah. he said I'm like the top selling one specifically because of streaming because right. I've gotten fairly popular on like Pandora and some of those where I mean that gave me I was so frustrated about social media talk about like oh I don't have this but then I did find like you can like people on Pandora 
and my likes were more than a lot of guys who I admired and kind of yeah because, came up underneath because for some that, reason yeah because yeah. well because that's more your audience yeah you know it, it, uh, it is weird it's like it's weird to say but I feel like I'm this weird niche of like there there may not be a ton of people who would want to rush out and buy my albums they don't know me that way right but once they hear it they'll listen to it for free a lot right you know <laughs> which works out with the whole royalty system where it's like I, I looked at some stats the other day and like yeah like 150,000 people have created Dan Cummins stations you know that's like, amazing yeah so it's and, and it's such a good system for somebody like me again who I, I, I have not been fortunate enough in, to get on like a panel show right or things where I have regular exposure but other guys who have or other guys who have way more fame like a CK will they'll go do something people will flock to their station but then I'll come up a lot right and they'll think oh he's pretty good too and then become fans of me. So it's like the best way to hijack right. more well-known people. You should fans. put that stat on your bedroom wall, Dan. <laughs> I know. And so when you wake up, feel good. Yeah. You're like, that's 150,000 people who've created stations. I know. I, I, sh- I really should feel good. Some, yeah. I, I, I do. I mean, I'm sure you do, too. I'm sure, like, you go back and forth. There's where, little, yeah, there's little uh, bursts of, hey, I'm not a total piece of shit. Yeah. Well, you, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean, you... <laughs> <laughs> you you run I mean well, before before last spin I've known you for a long time yeah uh, the the previous website I mean you you've been doing a version of laugh spin for how um, many years almost now? almost ten years yeah two thousand five and and I mean I feel like you know you, the the website has become like you I mean you are I think like the Rolling Stone of comedy that way where it's like people look to your site for comedy information I mean. You have to have moments where you recognize that too, and like this, this is pretty cool. I built this. Yeah, I built an empire. I, I built a site that some other spec, you know, people came and wanted to build up even more. Right. Which you know has to feel good. Yeah. I don't. I don't know what uh, what stat you need to put on your bedroom wall, but, there, <laughs> but there's there's got to be there's got to be something there, man. I mean, I I I don't research comedy as much as I should just because I'm done working on it it's like it's hard to like want to learn more about it yeah no I, I don't blame you but when I do look I mean yeah Laughspin is the one I, this is probably the wrong way to say it but like Laughspin is generally where I go to see what other comics are doing great things to, to, that I'm not doing <laughs> when, I, when I'm like I'm feeling good about myself let's check out Laughspin let's see what let's see who just got a pilot this week and uh, consider quitting again. <laughs> no, I do feel good. Well, I'm glad we can we can preserve that, uh, uh, give you that service. Yeah. That's that's a good service. It keeps you grounded. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wish I had a copy of the CD to give you. I uh, I do I do have something I'm working on now that I think you're going to love. I might just self publish it, but I'm working on the most messed up book you'll probably ever read in your life. What is it? It's an adult children's book. It's called Daddy Bear and the Three Rabbits Meet the Real World, but it's uh, it deals with stuff like erotic asphyxiation, a lot of hardcore <laughs> stuff in the vein of children's illustrations uh-huh. and children's book language. And basically, it's this bear <laughs> who's reading his kids' bedtime story realizes that it's such bullshit, and he's sending them the wrong message, and he's setting them up for disappointment, and he decides to tell them how the how the world actually works, in the vein of another story about these rabbits. <laughs> And what I love, and there's actual like real life messages in there. Okay, but it's uh, it's like a coffee table book, bathroom book. Got it. But when so I get it's it a done, story within a story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a story within a story, and and found an amazing illustrator, and uh, it's it's my favorite creative project I've ever worked on. But I'll have to 
knowing that you like warp stuff, yeah, I'll, I'll have to get you a copy when it's finally out. Yeah, this yeah. sounds so. This is definitely it's definitely a go. Like you have, mm-hmm. I have. I, he's two drawings away from finishing it. I'm going to self-publish it at least. Uh-huh. I'm going to try and find a distributor, but if not, I'll just release it off my site. Right. But uh, I started closing the, the next special. I, I read the story to the audience. I dim the lights and read them the story. Just re- recite it. I have it memorized. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, this would actually be a really good actual book. Yeah. And so the book is just word for word the same as the story I recite. And uh, the illustrator made it come to life so much more. It's like a... It's like a, a dark Bernstein bear type illustrations. Right. Got it. It's the kind of book where if you saw it across the room, you would at first You'd be like, oh yeah, that's book. Yeah, yeah. But then, but then maybe something wouldn't quite look totally right. You couldn't put your finger on it. And then the closer you get, you start to notice the details. And then when you get really close, you're like, oh, okay. This is, there's something wrong with this. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's I'm looking forward to that. That'd be good. What did you? What's it called? It's uh, it's called yeah, just called Daddy Bear. Oh, Daddy Bear. Yeah. Right. And then the the little subtitle is Three Rabbits Meet the Real World. Because <laughs> if it goes if it goes well, I have I want it to be part of a trilogy of Daddy Bear reading his kids two other stories. <laughs> this one's about life in general. The next one I've already thought I want him to destroy the the princess myth. Okay. That whole princess mythology in children's books about girls should just like yeah hang out and be pretty. And basically, just kind of be uh, entitled cunts, <laughs> and then they should find a guy who has no respect for himself, just to do everything for them. Got it. Uh, how that's not healthy for women or men to aspire to. So he would. It would be like Daddy Bear destroying, breaking down why he doesn't want Boy Bear and Girl Bear to have anything to do with that. Right. So it's, it's a kind of a fun excuse to like put real social commentary and a lot of like dark jokes. Yeah. Into just kind of a surreal platform. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I like it. I like it. Well, Dan, uh, you have a lot of stuff going on. And uh, I'm glad things are going well for you. And they are going well for you. (laughs) They are. They are. They are. Um, You're you're, probably sound like such a baby on this. No, I mean, it's basically people are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, these two are fucking pussies. These are (laughs) two of the biggest grown men babies Mm -hmm. I've ever heard. Yeah, Yeah. Complaining about their white life they're exactly fucking, very first world problems um but you you have the playboy show you have uh the ep is out you are recording a new hour you got a lot of stuff going on thanks thanks Dale. so congrats thank you and uh i appreciate you chatting with me yeah i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me man it's good to see you good to see you man and there you have it guys dan cummins on the laugh spin podcast thanks dan for taking the time to chat with me. Thank you guys for taking the time to listen. Buy Chinese Affection. It is out now. It is excellent. Go get Dan Cummins' new EP, Chinese Affection. And also, you should be going to LaughSpin.com every single day. You should be following us on Twitter at LaughSpin.com. You should be following us on Facebook. You should be emailing me if you have any comments and questions or complaints. D-Y-L-A-N at LaughSpin.com. Dylan at LaughSpin.com. We will see you next week. See you guys. Hey.